0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Step Back Sisterhood. I am Tara Bowen Biggs, and I'm here today with Janelle Moore and Amber Vickers and Britt Wilbert. Ladies, it is so nice to be talking to you again. It's been a while. Hello, hello, hello.
1: Hello. I'm excited to talk to you ladies today, Um, but I miss your beautiful voices, of course. I miss your beautiful voices, so let's, let's just get into it.
0: Let's do let, Why don't we start with a quick round of check-ins and find out how everybody's teams are doing? Um, cause yeah, I don't know the blazers. I'm a blazer fan. A lot has happened with the blazers. It's been a total roller coaster. I happen to, we happen to be on an upswing, but that could change at any moment. So I'm not going to go into too much detail because by the time it comes, this comes out, you know, things could come completely changed, but right now things seem to be on the upswing. They've got their team like fully staffed again, except for uh, Zach Collins and they seem to be playing a lot better than they were a few weeks ago. Uh, How about you, Janelle? What's going on with golden state? Well, things could, could have been
2: better, should have been better, but they they could have been a lot worse also. I mean, they are what they are right now. Record wise, they're they're at five, they're about like maybe a couple of games over 500 and trying to secure that eighth seed. And, you know, what's, what's been happening is there's been some, a lot of some injuries, Kelly Oubre jacked up his wrist. I think he'll be out for a while, if not indefinitely, Damian Lee is out indefinitely. He caught COVID and he's just getting out of health and safety protocols. And, you know, um, Kent Baysmore has also, and um, they are bringing back Jordan Bell because he's familiar with the system and that gives them somebody, somebody, a competent body, <laughs> gives them anybody, you know, <laughs> and um, they're converting Juan Toscano Anderson to a to a full contract. And I say, that's about damn time because – he he really hustles, and you know you can't ask for more than that. Just a solid,
0: smart role player. Yeah, and Steph is on a tear. He and Steph
2: is on a tear ever, ever since he busted his tailbone in Houston, and wearing that butt pad, he he's just been on one butt pad. <laughs> Steph, just, just on one. Uh, I'm sure he loves that nickname. Office. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's, that's about it. Okay. And, and what's, and what's really crazy is that the front office seems like with, with Steph's tears more of a revelation and that's pretty interesting. And that's a whole nother um, topic in itself.
0: Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, The You know, having watched Damian Lillard carry so much of the load for Portland over the years, it's at the same time really exhilarating, but also, like, really disappointing sometimes when somebody has to work that hard to get them past, like you know, like you have to score 60 points to still lose to Atlanta. That was like the low point a couple of years ago for the Blazers. So it was exhilarating to watch Damian Lord score that many points, but so crushingly disappointing when it doesn't result in a great record.
2: What's really odd about Portland is at least the supporting cast around Dame is pretty solid competent as far as offensive goes. Um, we're, we're kind of bipolar and what I mean, I mean, what I mean by that, we go through different extremes, mm-hmm. up and down, up and down. It's it's not really a lot of consistency, but at least with you guys, the support cast that you guys have, they have continuity with Dame.
0: Well, but what yeah. they had a few years ago when it was Alpha Rukmini and Mo Harkless, <laughs> were yeah. that it took it took a little while before they uh, were much uh, help for for Dame. But let's, let's check in with Amber. Oh, how's Oklahoma City doing?
1: Oklahoma City is doing what Oklahoma City is doing. Uh, when they told Al Horford, you know what? Don't worry about playing for the rest of the year. We're just going to pay you your money. I knew that OKC was taking a turn. And I have, let me take a deep breath before I say this. I have embraced the tank for OKC. It was hard for me to grasp. People at the beginning of the year said, Amber breaks the tank, but they were winning and they were keeping games close and they were competitive and they were fun to watch and they're still fun to watch. They're not winning as you know as they were, but they were being very competitive. She has a torn, he messed up his planter fascia fascia. So he's done. Um, Darius Basley's been in and out of the lineup. Lou has been in and out of the lineup. Poku has played well. We got Moses Brown and These young guns, even Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome has been shooting the ball very well Mm -hmm. for OKC. These young guns are playing very well together. It's just, it's not enough. So, you know, the draft picks we're going to have this year, uh, next year, year after that, year after that, year after that, it's a building thing for OKC. I really just want to see these guys get better every game. But as an OKC Thunder fan, as a native of Oklahoma City, I have embraced the tank. Britt, do you feel the same way that I feel, or do you have mixed emotions about what your Rockets are going through?
3: Um, I definitely have mixed emotions. I think similarly to you, Amber, when, you know, at the beginning of the season, I was really hoping that the Rockets wouldn't tank. Um, it was doubly so because the Rockets do not um Obtain their pick if they fall below five during the draft lottery. So, um, and a lot of people, a lot of people in Rockets fandom are really um, putting their hopes on that. Um, I'm essentially thinking that, you know, they're going to lose that pick um, until otherwise stated, but At this point, I think that the roster, um, I guess one quick factoid is that the Rockets have tied the, I don't know what season, but basically the Orlando magic, um, of a previous season with 28 different, um, players that have played on their team this season because of the lack of health and manpower, um, the entire time. So that's one of the many reasons that this team has been really bad, um, I but I think that either way, the way that the young guys have played, um, the way that um, Rafael Stone, who is the general manager of the Rockets, have brought in you know pretty good players. For instance, um, Kelly Olynyk that trade with Victor Oladipo looks better and better every day. With Oladipo not even playing like a ton of his games um, since he's gone to the Heat. So, I mean, I guess I'm I'm more, po- I'm actually positive about the future of the Rockets, even if they don't obtain their pick. I'm just not putting my hopes up on it compared to a lot of other folks who are in the fandom.
0: I can't get past 28 different people on the roster. That is incredible.
3: Yeah, uh, it's pretty, um, maybe amazing is not the best word to use, but it's pretty
0: Remarkable,
3: yeah, remarkable (laughs) and sad.
0: Maybe, um, yeah,
3: maybe also awesome in the general term, as in like awe, like something (laughs) put in awe.
0: Anybody uh, among those players who you're, uh, you know, surprised about or you know, looking forward to more? Like maybe somebody who, like, um, you weren't expecting or you learned to really like this year so far. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, so um, KG Martin, who is the son of Kenyon Martin, has really stepped up his game. Like he has blocked a ton of folks and has just like improved in all facets of his game since the beginning of the season. And it, I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of the young guys have been really, really good. And I think it really shows that if given the opportunity, the Rockets do have a chance, you know, bearing health issues and stuff like that to be successful in the future. It's just, this year was just not going to be that year. Uh, I think the second that, um, you know, a certain someone who's no longer on the team um, went partying without his mask, I should have known that it would have been a very um, interesting year if I'm gonna be nice about it.
0: So are we not saying his name? Are we I mean, I it's totally fine, fine to go along with it's
3: that? Just that I'm tired with talking about James Harden at this <laughs>
0: point. I'm totally fine to, you know, not say this name. And if like there was ever going to be a year, I guess, you know, where things were all up in the air uh, and you were going to go through this, I kind of feel like it might as well be this year with just so much, so much different under the, the COVID situation And uh, that brings me to what one of the things I wanted to talk with you all about this week. I'm curious, now that we've had nearly an entire season of, at least the regular season, with some new things in place, I'm wondering if there's things that have stood out that you're like, you know what, I kind of like how that is working. Or some other things that are like, I can't wait until we're done and we can move on from this temporary aspect of the game. Anybody have any ones they want to start with uh, Janelle? Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking and it might be just me but the whole
2: the season as a whole, I I'll, I'll just be glad when we wrap it up and try to progress back to normal, whatever that uh, normal is, you know. Um I I've, I've so I've read some people on my timeline on Twitter, you know, say they were watch they're watching basketball and but they don't feel that same kind of energy and that enjoyment versus, you know, other seasons. And it's kind of like a slog. And it it might just be me, but that's how I feel about it. If that makes sense, you know, you know, I'm at the point where, you know, I, I just wanted to wrap it up. Let's get to the offs and let's let's try to get back to some
3: sort of normalcy. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely agree with you, Janelle. I mean, not just because the Rockets are just awful this season, um, but it has been a slog. I I think the one positive is that potentially, you know, the postseason is going to be completely wide open. I mean, of course, you know, Utah has been successful. They just won their 50th game versus the Rockets coincidentally last night, or at least last time as in the time of this recording on Saturday night. Um, But overall, it just has been rough to watch the games. Um, A lot of it is due to, you know, the health and safety protocols where someone is falling into that almost every other day. Um, The looming feeling in my opinion that there's going to be a lot of players who are going to be impacted in the long term career wise because of COVID. I mean, we've heard so many players like, you know, Jason Tatum, Mo Bamba. um, I mean, even Carl Anthony Towns who had COVID, they've all discussed how it took them longer than they expected to get back to normal. And there's a real chance that folks are going to have long term health consequences. And I can't get That out of my head. That or sorry, go ahead.
2: Mm -mm -mm, Sorry. I think Tatum still have to use an inhaler. I
3: think so. If I I I, that I don't remember from the top of my head if he is, but I know a lot of folks are still like severely impacted. Um, and a lot of people are sort of ignoring that. And I think that's just because they don't want to feel, you know, the dread as well. But it, it definitely causes me a lot of dread to hear when folks are having COVID, especially considering what's happened in the world. But I think the one positive thing that's coming out of it is the play-in tournament. Um, I mean, we'll talk about this some more a little bit later, but I I really do think that it's going to be a positive thing once it's played. Um, You know, I think a lot of the, um, I guess the thing that's sort of hurting it, or at least um, according to some folks are, maybe just more because they feel frustrated that they have to play one to two extra games. Um, and maybe they can fix this so that that's not included um, or, you know, maybe reduce the number of games played. But I, I really think that it allows more fan bases to have, you know, even if it's like waning interest, but at least have some interest into the postseason um, compared to just feeling like, Hey, you know, it's inevitable that you're going to be out of the playoffs after a certain period of time or out of the conversation. And I think it's caused a lot of the games to be a lot more competitive the last few weeks because, you know, usually at this time, a lot of play- teams are resting players and this time they really can't or else they're going to lose spots. So, um, I mean, I, we'll definitely talk about it some more later, but I, I feel like the play in the tournament is a good thing and probably will be worth it moving forward even, you know, even with the frustration that some players are having about it.
2: Yeah. And with the COVID, you know, at the beginning of the season, the, the safety, they were really diligent about contact tracing. And I don't know whether or not it's just me, but haven't you noticed that there, there's been a, they have fallen off on that.
3: I mean, there, I feel like they have been less visible with their, Um. Well, to be blunt, they've been bad about it the entire year Like, let's not mince words about it But I feel like at least early on They were a lot more visible about it But now they essentially only do it when they need to do it Which, you know, for good or for I mean, I think it's bad But essentially they're just, you know Trying to skate around with whatever Um, And only, you know, I don't know At this point, I I sort of feel like they're just, you know, they have a business interest to keep the season going. They're not going to, you know cause entire teams to be um, unable to play unless they're already eliminated and then they just really don't care. Um, I mean, the Rockets finally got a hardship exception. Um, they weren't given one for a long time, even though, you know, they've had like half their team in and out of the health and safety protocols the entire season. So at this point, I just feel like, you know, it, it it's a business and they have their, you know, sort of things that they need to do and it's sad, but, um if we're you know a fan we have to accept that or not
0: yeah thanks Britt. uh amber what about you and if, i mean if you all wanted to just go ahead and talk about the the turn you know the upcoming uh, play and tournament that's kind of like the biggest thing we just like don't know whether or not it's going to be a good thing um I mean, is there something else, Amber, or do you want to, do y'all want to just go ahead and jump into talking about that?
1: I have something to say about this season. um, If I may. Now we've discussed this before about ratings and things like that. And why ratings are down the same teams being on television, we got the Knicks today. The Knicks played the Clippers today on a Sunday game, which was thank goodness. You know what I mean? (laughs) Thank goodness. Somebody else was on TV. Um, I think Lonzo and LaMelo are playing each other today. The Hornets and the Pelicans are playing uh-huh. each other today, but it's not nationally televised, of course.
2: But at least um, but I like the ATV, though. That's yeah, that.
1: that's, that's a good thing. Of course, the Suns are playing the Lakers tonight, but the Lakers are without Cal Kuzman tonight, so you don't have, you know, you're probably going to have AD and, and Drummond, but, it, you know, it's just not the same kind of, I guess, flair if you had LeBron healthy. So, one reason why I haven't watched games this year is that reason because the same teams are playing. Um, I never knew how bad the TV schedule was. Or maybe I don't know if it's been this just just this season or multiple seasons and I haven't paid attention to it that because I remember pretty much everybody getting a game on TV. They finally put the Wizards on TV. I was happy to see that. I was like, "Thank goodness." Um, something besides NBA TV is what I mean. So, has it just been this season or has this been going on and I just haven't caught it? But I remember every team pretty much getting a game on nationally, or am I going crazy? You guys, you guys let me know about um, that, but.
0: I think that it's distributed between multiple channels now. And so okay. it seems like it's more watered down, Britt, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say, it's always been like this. It's just that. Okay. I guess maybe the difference is that when you have a
3: bad team you realize it a lot more or one that's like (laughs) um but that being said, like I mean there's always been years where, you know, whatever team LeBron's on, he gets 20 plus games on national TV. That's not NBA TV. And then whichever team that the league slash the, their media partners, TNT and ESPN are more interested in, they'll, you know, sort of filter it from there, but them considering NBA TV, who, you know, where a lot of folks don't have NBA TV or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to be frank, they sell the seventies to obtain the video for that. Um, if you understand what I mean, um, I, I guess if I'm going to be blunt, people pirate that. Um, yeah. They, you know, a lot of folks, you know, I, I don't think that should be considered. Um, I okay. mean, it's one of my many criticisms of the league. Like there, there's a way for them to promote the best players, but then also promote all the teams because all the, you know, for the most part, most games are going to be competitive no matter what, especially with the play-in tournament. Like they need to find ways to, um, you know, better involve all teams because you don't know, especially now with the playing tournament, who's gonna, you know, stand out moving forward.
1: And one more thing before we start the playing tournament: Has anybody seen a difference in the refereeing this year, or is it just me? Are they emphasizing more rules? I need to really understand and grasp this before I just go off on the refs this um, season because yeah. it seems like refereeing has become a bit of a problem. Or am I just paying more attention to it or what's going on? What are you guys thoughts on that?
3: Yeah. um, I mean, I don't want to defend the refs completely, but there is a refereeing shortage. There was an article. I don't remember who did the article. I'll look it up while we're discussing and I'll give a plug towards the end of the show. There was an article about um, because of COVID and Uh, The referees, unlike the players, they don't get charter bus. They use commercial um, flights. So there have been a lot of referees out because of COVID. And as a result, you know, the referees who would typically be in the G League and then some other referees would have to replace the referees. So uh, that's to say, I think the um, refereeing issues have always been there, but it's been exacerbated by the covid situation it's just that it's not discussed as much as you know the player impact
1: okay i was just i didn't want to go on a tangent you know what i mean because i respect i respect the referees as a player i respect the referees i expect the referees as a fan but i just want to kind of get a grasp on how you guys felt about the refereeing that's been going on in the nba um i know the ncaa tournament there were some games that were just bad and people were like what in the world But in NBA, it seems like, you know, I know the game is changing and things like that, and they have to be caught up with the times and the rules have changed and things like that. So I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going on a rant without being informed about why the referees are the way that they are, that makes sense.
3: And I was able to find the article. It's by Baxter Holmes from ESPN. Um, He talks about the... COVID-related referee shortage as playoffs near. Um, it was from April 26th.
1: Okay. I'll read that. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, I don't think you're over. Overreac- I don't think it's just a, a overreaction at all. And you know, I I was critical about the referees, but knowing that there's a shortage and you know, with shortages, you don't really have the proper time to to train and you know, learn. I guess they're learning on the fly. I'm not trying to, you know, justify it, but it's just what it is given the circumstances. So, I, you know, don't don't bother me.
3: Yeah. And I guess the one thing we have to remember is that they have to be just as in shape as the players. I mean, uh-huh. they're running mm-hmm. just as much. I mean, even though, you know, to some extent, unless they're the lead referee, they're only, you know, going to a certain, you know, from one side of the court to another, but they're still having to run back and forth the entire game um, and they don't get subs either. So Mm -hmm. I, I can imagine folks who, you know, referees who have COVID having to return and trying to get their, you know, their, you know, I guess, you know, their stamina back Um, And then having to deal with the after effects of COVID at the same time, that must be incredibly difficult. So, you know, for once, although I have issues with the roughs, I I can understand that the product has suffered because of COVID. Another reason why.
0: These responses were more pro referee than I thought they were going to be partly because uh, just right now, Twitter is just seems like it's always on fire with like, there's all bad calls. Like, I just, I don't know if anybody is out there. It's like, if you only read Twitter, I don't know if anybody out there thinks that anybody in the refereeing world is doing a good job. And obviously it's somewhere in between, right? Cause it's a super hard job, but I would love to hear a little bit more Amber about like what you see going on that concerns you. Um, that may or may not be a result of, you know, uh, a shortage of referees. Because I've heard it from a number of sources. I've heard complaints about the refereeing this year. And me, as somebody who didn't play basketball and, you know, I have a basic understanding of the rules, but, like, the whole thing moves too fast for me to feel like I can argue about. Like, I just feel like the whole game goes by so fast that it just seems like things are are sadly going to get missed And that's just kind of part of the game, but that's super naive of me. So, yeah, I would love to hear more, a little bit more about some of the criticisms that you do have, or some of the things that you have questions about that you have seen this season.
1: The texts, the texts have been getting it out this year has really concerned me. Um, It's been some soft texts. I I think Devin Booker spun a ball to referee. He got teed up. Schroeder and Kyrie just jawing each other going at it. That's basketball. You know what I mean? Kyrie, isn't eating, he isn't drinking during games, he's going to get a little testy. Okay, let's give Kyrie a pass. Now, him and Schroeder were going at it, and the ref tossed, I think, Schroeder and Kyrie, if I'm not mistaken. That I was think, a primetime yeah, game. of them. Yeah, and it was a primetime game, and I'm like, it's already missing LeBron. I think it was missing LeBron, wasn't it? That Laker game? The Laker next. It was, was missing LeBron. That. Yeah, and that. then now you're going to toss Kyrie and Schroeder? So the the technicals have been a little soft this year. And then the inconsistencies down the stretch. Because you know you're going to get a two-minute report, right? Every game is going to have those two-minute reports. I just want more consistency down the stretch. I watched the Nuggets and the Nets last night. That was a great game. Uh, The Nets came back from 21 down and beat the Nuggets at home, which is very difficult to do. And the Joker was complaining a lot about fouls. He complained about the foul at the end as well, but I didn't think it was a foul. I thought it was you, you play on, but will you get that same respect throughout the game? So I just want to know about the consistencies and also about the softness of these technical fouls that have been given. Now the players aren't fighting like they used to do. They, they're not going to swing and things like that because now these players are a brand and they understand money. So they're not going to swing on each other. Most of the time, I say 90% of the NBA players won't swing at each other, but you got that 10%, they don't care, but let them jaw at each other. I like that. What, what's an NBA game without trash talking? I love the trash talk personally. And so I don't understand why referees are tossing players for trash talk. I don't understand why Devin Booker got po- tossed for spinning a ball. I think Donovan Mitchell got tossed for doing something too, but I can't quite remember but these texts have gotten a little soft. Let these guys play. They're full of emotion. I love the emotion of the game mm-hmm. of basketball. And I, I just don't understand it. Maybe somebody
2: can help me. understand I, I, I it. Have, I have a theory though. Even okay. Draymond even Draymond got a tech for yelling at his own teammate, but I, I yeah. think these refs know the refs isn't, aren't that clueless or that dumb. They're just doing that to flex, flex with little power they have and to try to to prove something, what well, I don't know, but they know um, a lot of these texts are soft and it, and they just keep doing it. They don't care. You know, they're doing it for a point. I'm sure they can't be that naive or that clueless. I really don't believe that. That's, that's just me.
3: Well, there is one thing that the NBA has made it a point of emphasis that there needs to be more respect in the game, which I. I I'm not naming the actual point of emphasis, but essentially they don't want um, players to be disrespectful to refs, which I can understand that the thing that I I really don't like that's happening right now is the uh, refs going and you know, literally for any sort of drawing um, going after folks. I mean, you can look at the. I mean, I I don't think we ever talked about the NHL here, but you can look at the NHL and they, and what was it? The Rangers and the, I don't know if you guys saw the video, like they literally the first minute, not even the first minute, like the first second of the game, um, they like put their um, their sticks down and started fighting like the NHL. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Uh, And that was like the end of the season. And I barely followed the NHL and I saw that. So I mean, I guess I understand that the NBA doesn't necessarily want, you know, players to be disrespecting the refs. Like, you know, sometimes people can be a little bit overzealous, but it's just, you know, that's just the name of the game. But when they are calling just like really ridiculous technical fouls on folks because they are stressed about, uh, you know, something that's happening in the game, I think that hurts the reputation of these players in the league itself. Like there has to be a balance between, Hey, the, you know, these two players are jawing at each other, but they're not saying anything disrespectful. Um, and them, you know, giving a technical foul every five seconds.
0: Okay. I totally appreciate y'all's explanation on all of that, because now that you've pointed it out, I can, I can totally see that. And it's, uh, Yeah, some of them are just like, you know, like you said, Janelle, like Draymond yelling at his own teammate, calling a technical and it's just kind of like, they're trying to tell everybody like to curb their emotions. To your point, Brett, they're trying to tell everybody to like curb their emotions, but you're playing this like you're in, but we want you to get as amped up as you possibly can to have the game be as exciting as it can be and have you play as best as you can. But just tone it down. And it's just like, it seems like a really like hard line to, I don't know. I, I, I really appreciate y'all the way you described it. Cause I'm like, ah, I see that. Cause I was thinking, you know, a lot of the things that I hear about are just like, you know, that wasn't a foul. That wasn't this. And that wasn't that. And those seems those seem to be kind of like debatable, but in the moment, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> like the texts are, yeah. Like they're not actually like taking swings at each other. They're just, you know, like you said, Amber, just like that's how the game is, is you get heated and you, you know, jaw and you trash talk each other. And then the refs are coming in and telling them not to do that. Uh that was really uh really interesting. What about what about like the other types of fouls? Uh, because I know that one of the things you know, people have been talking about is you know, we have the COVID ref shortage, but also just like the referee pipeline. Like I hear so many people complaining about referees and then I wanted to just be like, okay, well maybe we need to like expand their expand the pool of referees and make more people want to be referees so that they can find the very, very best of the best to be referees. But like who wants to be a referee when you can't even have a Twitter account because everybody will yell and scream at you every single thing you do. Anyway, Um, thank you for bringing that up, Amber. Good
3: idea for Um, an episode, really. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel like when it comes to the officials, there's only certain officials who really are frustrating. Um, The Fosters and the um, brothers of the world, in my opinion, those are the folks that, like, if I know your name, then that usually means that you're not necessarily the greatest official out there, Um. But yeah, did you know? Our uh, another random fact is that Luca Doncic has fifteen technical fouls. So the next time he gets one, he's going to be suspended. Um, yeah. So that's going to be fun. They, at least during the, it will go away during the play-in tournament and the playoffs because you know, the I, I guess it's the Draymond rule um, after he got suspended um, because of that during the NBA Finals. Um, so w-
0: would it be reset if yeah reset for everyone fell? if what about if they fell into the play-in tournament like is that considered oh. a part of the regular season is that part I, of the I don't playoffs think it's that's interesting
3: part of the posts I, I don't think it's considered part of the like the official postseason. but I, I'm assuming and I don't think they've said it yet I have to do some research on that i, I I think that if they did fall into the play-in tournament, it it would probably still be wiped off because I don't think they want to have, you know, someone getting two technicals in some, you know, stretch of time causing them to be out of the play-in tournament and then that entire fan base going absolutely, you know, out of their mind because of it.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're falling into the play-in tournament either, but if they, like... You know, it makes it a little bit more intriguing because they're like just above the Blazers, but the Blazers hold the tiebreaker so that if it, you know, if they both fell, uh, one could, you know, fall, then the Blazers could come out ahead of the Mavericks and push Dallas down in there. And it makes it even more intriguing with one of their best players potentially, uh, losing a game i don't think that's going to happen but it's kind of indicative of some of the ways that this play-in tournament have um made things a little bit more interesting at the end of the season so yeah let's let's dive into it and um i don't know do do you want to just start off by like do you like it or not do you think it's going to be successful what do you think janelle i'm kind of kind of torn because i I think it will be successful
2: because it gives a part of the regular season some more weight and also, you know, a rooting interest for those teams that really don't have a, a shot at a title and it prevents tanking. But at the same time, opening up to, you know, the top 16 teams in the league, regardless of conference can do the same thing. So I'm, I'm kind of torn, you know, I, It's more of a wait and see thing for me, but, you know, the stakes, you know,
0: it's intriguing. I would say that. So we have an intriguing from Janelle, but to be determined. How much, this is a, a hot button issue. How much do you think Golden State's situation, do you think that has anything to do with how you feel about it? Or you feel like you're able to like completely separate the...
2: I can I can completely separate. You think it. LeBron can? I mean, no. no, no, hex no. no, no. He 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 flipped and flopped with it. You know, as long as hit as long as the Lakers were in the top six, he was cool with it. Now is uh, this this is a bad idea? Whoever came up with this should need to be fired. Yeah, you well, wouldn't say that if uh, the Lakers were on like the top three or whatnot yeah although
3: I feel like I'm being an apologist and <laughs> I hate to be an apologist for LeBron, but the I think a lot of people misquoted him in that in this case when it comes to that. I, I definitely agree that he probably would not have said anything at all if the Lakers were still in the top six. So he's really saying it for his best interest. but when he did make that quote last season, it was about like having a play in game because of the, you know, the stoppage of the season because of the three-month layoff. And that's essentially what the, yeah, and that was essentially what the, you know, that eight-game, you know, um, what was it? The eight-game, I can't even remember what the term is now. The eight-game restart. Yeah, the eight-game restart before the beginning of the playoffs was was to allow for teams who had a chance to potentially get into the playoffs, get into it. And that's how the Suns were almost able to get into the playoffs. They went eight and no, but they weren't able to go in because of, you know, tiebreakers and other things like that. So, he was mentioned, he was talking about that last season and saying like, Hey, we should have a plan. But that being said, I know for a fact that I think most people understand completely, unless you're, you know, a LeBron fan or a Lakers fan, that he would not be saying a single word if the Lakers were still in the top six and not about to, you know, meet with potentially Golden State, but even Memphis, depending on what happens in the next couple of games. Um, for the first game of the play-in. So I, I think, you know, I, I definitely think people like misquoted him to a certain extent, but at the same time, I, I, I think he's saying it for his best interest. So you you have to take it for what it is.
2: Right. Thanks for that context because that, that's something that I, I wasn't really aware of. I thought it was just recently, but yeah, and I think Luca or Mark Cuban said had the same sentiments as far as, you know, not really liking the ideal of a plan because they were right in the midst of it at the time. Like I think they were like seven. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's just something to to try. But you know, if if it's about making some of the season mean something, they could do that by opening up the field of the top sixteen teams, uh, regardless of conference, also.
3: So, so you know, you just have to see.
1: I like but that the WNBA does it. Same
3: folks, though, into the playoffs. Yeah. If, I, I think having the expansion is worth it, but they may need to reduce the number of games that are played just to make it "quote unquote" fair. Um, but I, I think they'll they'll probably be a few iterations of this until they fall into the final version of it. Um, sorry, Amber, go ahead.
1: I like the WNBA does the top eight teams go? Of course, the NBA would be top sixteen. I like it because it brings out the competitive nature so you might be one in 16 right one place of 16 now granted that 16 team might be the fourth best team in the east because you know the west records are always better but I like that because it really shows if you are the you know the true champion because you beat teams in the east and the west I like that the top 16 teams I love it now having to figure out how to get that going, I don't know. That's probably a lot of scheduling because, you know, you play certain teams in your division so many times. If you're East and West, you play once on a row, once at home. So that would be a lot to try to figure out. But like I said before, the NBA has more resources than the WNBA. So why don't they put those to use? But that's neither here nor there. But as far as this playing goes, I wonder what the ratings are going to look like because it's a college style. Like Kenny Smith said on um, Inside the NBA, this is a college style. I like it. I like it. If you're the nine or ten seed, you have to win to move on. Seven or eight, you lose one, you get to redeem yourself against the nine or ten seed. Whoever wins. But if you were a seven or eight seed, you win that game, you get to move on. I like that. I like. I like that one game. If you don't show up, that's on you. So, say for instance, if you get the Lakers and Golden State, right? First, the seven eight in the first uh, playing. And the Lakers don't show up. OK, but then they have to play the winner of the 9-10. So whether that be San Antonio or Memphis and they don't show up again. What what will the excuse be? From Laker Nation in your guys' opinion, what will the excuse be? Because you had two games to show up, right? You have two games to show up. As long as you don't follow that nine ten, you have two games to show up. What will the excuse be from
3: Laker Nation? I mean, they already have a built in one that AD has been hurt most of the season. (laughs) Robin has been hurt. Like, I don't want to hear it, but that's going to be the built in excuse. Exactly. So,
1: but every team has dealt with something. The Lakers and the, I mean, excuse me, the Celtics and the Heat, I think, have had the impact of COVID and injuries the most out of the NBA because both of those teams in the East, people saw them as contenders in the East, right? The Heat was riding that wave from last year, riding that momentum into this season. COVID happened. Boom. They haven't been healthy all season. But you can see the Heat's full potential when they are healthy and they are whole, what they did to the Celtics today. The Celtics, what's going on with Kemba? I don't know what's going on with Kemba. Should they keep Kemba? Should they not? They need a big, badly. I think the Celtics are going to have to do something in the offseason to improve their roster. Cam Brad Stevens coach superstars in the playoffs? That's been a question. Of course, Jalen Brown's been out for the last three or four games. So it's been on Tatum. Is Tatum that guy? Is he that Batman? Does Jalen Brown fit that Robin role? What's going on with the Celtics? But I think those two teams have been impacted the most between injury and COVID because I had those two teams in my top five in the East. If you want me to be honest, I I had Brooklyn, I had Philly, I had of course, the Bucks and I had the Celtics in the heat. Those are my top five teams in the East. I didn't see the Knicks coming. I didn't see Atlanta coming this strong, and I did not see Charlotte playing it the way they've been playing. And when you look at that, I don't think the Celtics have made excuses like the Lakers have um, because of, you know, how they've been performing. But if anybody in the league, Candace Parker has said this, If any two teams in the league have the most excuses, which I don't like them, but I'm just going to say this, it's the Celtics and the Heat because we expected more from both of these teams, but they've been impacted so much by COVID and injuries, they haven't played to their full potential. Now, yes, the Celtics are missing some pieces that they need to improve, but I think the Heat were built to finish top five in the East when fully healthy. So when you look at that, you say, OK, if the Celtics, the Celtics would play the Hornets right now, I think. they. Well, yeah, they would play the Hornets right now. Whoever won that game will play actually the Nets now. Last night it was the Bucs. We talked about this on my show, Count the Bucket. So say, for instance, if the Bucks do get that two spot, the Brooklyn has it now. But say if the Bucks didn't get that two spot and the Bucks would play the Celtics. Could the Celtics upset the Bucks if they beat the Hornets in their first playing game? I think they could. I don't trust the Bucs, but that's neither here nor there. I just don't trust the Bucs. I've said this numerous times. I called the Miami Heat upsetting the Bucks last year um, in the second round. So their full potential team for the Celtics, we haven't seen it. We see glimpses of it, but we don't see it consistently. Miami Heat, we don't see it consistently. So Yes, the Lakers can make the excuses about being healthy. Portland hasn't been healthy all year. A lot of these teams haven't been healthy all year. Brooklyn Nets have not been healthy all year. Their three horses have not played together more than eight games. And yet they are number two in the East. Does that say that Brooklyn has a better supporting cast than the Lakers? Does it say that? Can we point to that? or they're in the East. Yeah, but still, you know what I mean? It's just so much that goes on with this playing tournament. I, preferably, I like it because I like the college style because um, I'm a huge college basketball fan. So, that might be a little biased there. But all these teams have dealt with something. So, if you fall in the playing tournament, so be it. Win your game or win your two games if you have to and move on and play the number one or number two seed and shut up and just do your job. That's how I feel about it and win.
0: So that's my rant. Well, no, I appreciate that, but <laughs> Portland has been uh, on the cusp for and will be until the end of the season. So, mm-hmm. in in one way, that makes it exciting. I mean, look at us; we're we're like four or five games from the end of the season, and we're still there's still a lot to know about how things are going to end up. And it seems like in seasons past, when we didn't have a play-in tournament. You know, this part of the year was like, oh, is this team like it was all just about like whether or not team, you know, high seed was going to just rest their players and uh, whether a lower seed team could like have a chance to move up. But at this point, there's jockeying for like finding out whether or not anyone's going to be in there in the first place. And my thing, and I'm really curious what you think about this too, Janelle, is that like with the teams that are going to be in the play in tournament and they have to play those extra games while everybody else rests. And then for that, then they get to go play the top seed. And as somebody who has had a close up view of what it's like to play the top seed and get eliminated quickly, many, many years, it, it does feel a little bit like, what's the point? Like, yay for making it into the tournament, but like, you're already Starting in a hole because you're a lower-seeded team and you've played two games while everybody rested.
2: Yeah, I, I get that, and that's kind of like the sentiment for most Warrior fans. This, well, some Warrior fans is like, you know, what's the point? We're middling. The best that we can hope is like um, get through the play-in and get to the playoffs, and you know, you'll be like a, you know, one series exit. But you know. And I I get that. And it's going to be tough because they don't have the rest. And this is the price that they pay that they are paying for tricking off those games earlier when this is the price that they paid when they wanted to try to toe the line and develop wise men and do all of these cutesy things instead of being all in on the core that's out on the floor and kindly, you know, give that to them because they owe it to them and try to do the best that they can and win as much as they can and take it from there. Um, anyone who expected the Warriors to be a title contender after losing Clay is a fool. And, and it's not even about that. It's about, you know, just competing and doing the best that you can, but you know what's really bad about it is that the, the warriors could have avoided that if only they would have taken the direction that they're taking now. But you know I, I I do get the point. But since and since the warrior's case that they're here, you might as well make the most out of it. Whatever it is, you know they kind of made their own bed and they have to lay in it, whatever it is, whatever that happens with that, but it's going to be, yeah. And I guess, and that's, and that's, and I guess if you're, Oh, and that is why I guess the plan that's one of the, the cons of the playing too, because you don't have that rest.
0: Yeah. I, and I guess the, with the, if you're the seventh or eighth seed and if you're truly better than the ninth and 10th, then it shouldn't be too hard like you shouldn't have to play too many extra games and you shouldn't be that you're still going to be more tired because you had an extra game before you start the whole thing but like if you have to play two whole games like because you came up from behind yeah and then you make it into the playoffs and then you get swept in the first round you also lose your lottery pick, which is kind of a bummer <laughs> is that you put, expend all this energy to get into that first round. And then, you know, in order, but, you know, I guess I would never look at an NBA player and go, why are you putting all this energy to get into the playoffs when you're just going to get swept? Cause you never, ever, ever know what's going to happen. Anything happened, but, but it time, would really
2: suck though. If it did happen. <laughs> but at the same time, if the Warriors were to miss the playoffs altogether, every, every hater. Would be twerking for joy, twerking down the soul train line of Shannon Freud. So they kind of gotta gotta make the playoffs and do whatever they do the best they can with what they can. You know,
0: there's just it is what it is. there's just never ever any short shortage of haters out there. <laughs> Someone's <Right>. always gonna <laughs> always gonna hate. All right, well, what are some other thoughts on uh, on on the play-in tournament? Do we feel like it has made the end of the season more intriguing? Um, I mean, I think at least
3: it's gotten folks who would typically not be um, involved with the season at this point um, to be involved. I mean, having most of the league of, you know, essentially have the ability to be in the playoffs until the last few days of the season and even beyond is something that can't be said. And I think the NBA would much rather have folks talk about, and I'm not the first person to say this, but um, much rather have folks talk about, hey, there is controversy about a play-in tournament versus there's um, teams tanking. Like, I think for the first time in a while, we haven't heard a ton of conversation unless it's like the bottom – you know, four or five teams about tanking. And even with those bottom teams, they're really, you know, there's like extenuating circumstances. I mean, even Orlando who, you know, fire sailed, a lot of it was because half their team got injured early on who would have potentially been you know they had a chance to be good and then half their team got injured because of various factors the Rockets we already talked about um and a few other teams have had you know a lot of injuries but I, I think the interesting question I don't know if we want to talk about it today or not is that um the you know last season a lot of people were using the asterisk you know sort of thing because oh it was you know sort of a shortened season well not sort of but it was a shortened season there was a three-month layoff etc i feel as though this season should feel like more of asterisk compared to last season just because you know at least for three-fourths of the season until that break, it was relatively normal. There were people in the stands, there were people, you know, the players weren't in these health and safety protocols. We weren't having, you know, folks constantly in and out of lineups because of either COVID or various illnesses or injuries. Um, But this season, it's all of that, plus a shortened season, plus, you know, introducing a play-in element that hasn't been there before. So I guess I wonder in retrospect if folks are going to feel like, hey, you know, even though there wasn't a bubble this season, this feels more unusual compared to the previous season, although that season went a lot longer than what a season usually would be.
0: really good points about that cuz and i partly think when i think about it i think i am more and more convinced all the time you know by that article about how every season has had an asterisk if you really want to look at it uh but these two seasons yeah like i don't even know how you decide which one is weirder i mean especially i i just like my heart goes out to toronto like did they ever have A chance. I mean, was it fair for them at all to be down in Florida? They can't even be home, uh, you know, to compete down there. I just I feel like that team, which should should have, could have, would have been a good team, just because of being displaced, it put them at such an incredible disadvantage, and being in the middle of the
3: location that has some of the highest rates of COVID compared to anything. Um, I mean, it's a pro I mean, if you look at it, Orlando, Miami, and, um, you know, Toronto via um, Tampa, have all struggled for various reasons, because of COVID. I mean, all of them have had really, you know, I guess, underwhelming or disappointing seasons because of one being displaced and then being placed in Florida and the other two. I mean, I don't want to go into like, you know, besides like COVID, but it it just seems like that entire, you know, those three teams in that state just had really bad years or just years that were completely different than what they expected when it started. And that's why I feel like, Hey, this feels more of an asterisk because even, you know, Toronto was able to play most of their games um, at home, you know, have home games last season and this season they didn't have home games at all. And essentially any team that came in there, you know, it's a neutral site.
0: Yeah. uh, Portland just became the last fan, the last arena that was going to allow in fans to get fans and listening to the players talk about how hard it was to play at home Because everywhere else that they went, there were fans, even if the uh, stadiums were, you know, at a very, very low capacity. They said then they would come home and it would just be dead and it would just be like dark and there was just nothing. And so they were so happy to play in, in front of fans again. And they had a terrible home record this year. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it was like really, really bad. And they've historically been a really good home team and you know that's what they talked about and they held off talking about it for a really long time like they didn't talk about it for a really really long time until they found out that fans were going to be allowed in again and then they just really started talking about what the experience was was uh was like for them and uh i it just puts toronto was just at such a, you know a disadvantage with like i don't know what the situation was like whether like they had their families come down live lived with them or if they have been on their own the entire time, but you know, in a situation like that for them, maybe going out on the road was better than playing in that like arena that really wasn't theirs and living out of hotel rooms like the entire time. And like, this is supposed to be my home, but it's really just my temporary home. I don't know. I just think that must've been so hard for them. It's just going to be interesting
3: as we're returning back to, you know, some sort of new normal, how, you know, the consequences of the last two seasons are going to affect folks. I mean, I hate to, you know, sort of end off in a downer note, but I I really do think that there's going to be a lot of, um, unexpected consequences, even as we're returning to a, you know, type of normalcy. Um, so we'll, I mean, we'll definitely have to wait and see on that, but it's going to be interesting how, Mm -hmm. um, it impacts folks and it impacts teams. I mean Toronto may have a complete blow up this season because of the consequences of going to Tampa. I mean Houston had consequences that have happened and are happening. So it's going to be interesting what happens in the off season, regardless of who, you know, gets into the play in games. I, I think at this point we're we're almost sure who's going to get into play in games and the playoffs itself. Um it'd be interesting to see what happens, you know, outside of that.
0: I'm not going to believe it with the Blazers until I see it. <laughs> I'm not going to, like, as they stand today, they are outside of the tournament, but I've been convinced for the last month that the Blazers were going to be in the play in game. So until the last game is played and we know for sure, I'm not going <laughs> to.
3: Well, I mean, they play the Rockets tomorrow. So yes, but then they play probably... the Suns, the
0: Jazz, and the Nuggets.
3: Yeah, but they'll at least clinch a playoff spot. I don't know if they'll clinch a play in position, but I I think that they won't like fall into like, they'll be too far ahead of um, new Orleans and San Antonio to fall into like the uh, being eliminated from this playoff. Yeah.
0: But, but whether or not, I I just think it's a big difference between whether you're in the play in game and you're not in the play in game because of those extra games that you have to play. I just, especially with the, you know, we saw how Tight the second half of this season has been, and the pace of the games. And you know, a whole extra game is one whole extra night that you could get injured. And it, that I just would want to avoid that with like everything that they possibly can to get as much rest as they can. But we'll see. Um, by the time we talk again, I think the regular will the regular season be over. Yeah, it will be. And
2: maybe it'll be just in time for the playing tournament in its actuality.
0: Yeah, then we can really talk about... Because so many of the things that have happened, like just in general over the last year with COVID, is because we've entered so many uncharted waters that I think I've uh, had pretty open mind about stuff. It's just like, well, okay, this is where we're going. Let's see what's going to happen. And... Even though, like the Blazers ended up, you know, being gentlemen swept out of the uh, the series the season last year, that playing game was really really fun. <laughs> um, so, gonna just keep our mind open and see what happens with the playing tournament. Yeah, we could talk about it. Well, we should probably go ahead and wrap it up. Anybody any last words on the playing tournament before we call it an afternoon and wrap it up?
2: I have one and I might be a suggestion. Maybe, you know, after the playing tournament, could they like start like maybe a week after? Start the playoffs like a week after the tournament instead of, you know, just bam. Putting them,
0: you know... A little bit more breathing room?
3: Yeah, a little more breathing room. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably would. But since it looks like the Olympics is going on, which is an entirely different conversation in and of itself, um, the NBA would like to have... Which, are you know, various players have a obligation. A lot of the international players, you know, essentially would like to play for their internet, you know, for their teams and, you know, domestically with the um, USA basketball, they're wanting to have NBA players there, um, which is an entirely different conversation. I don't want to go down that path, but I think that's the reason why they're not having a hold between the playing games and the start of the playoffs, but I could see them having that buffer or at least a few days buffer in the future to allow for players to get more rest because I I definitely agree with you there is a definite like even though I am very much happy that they're having a play-in tournament I think it's going to be worthwhile but I can see some really bad consequences, especially if someone gets injured, which I I, I don't have wood to knock on, but I, I'll fi- knock on some figurative wood and say that I don't want to see anyone get injured. I don't want to see any team have an injury issue that causes them to be eliminated or whatever. But like having this short of a time and having them having to play extra games is that's going to hurt, and I think that's why in the future it's going to be tweaked in ways which it will, you know, incentivize teams to try to get to the top six or whatever the final value will be. But at the same time, doesn't force those teams to be at a extreme disadvantage like they are right now.
1: Um, I have a question. I I don't know. We, this is this could be a whole topic. I think I'm gonna touch on it on my show. But did you guys? See what the Olympic Committee did to?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about telling not mm-hmm. to kneel, the the fit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the Black Lives, no Black Lives Matter, but but that was just to stop Asian hate bill passed. Yeah, that's that's a touchy subject. That's a dicey subject, and I think we should talk about it in a way <laughs> that we can talk about. It. I mean, this is our platform; we can really much say what we want to say. But I have very strong opinions about should black athletes compete in the Olympics? I was thinking the same thing. and I don't I mean, I know it's going to touch some people the wrong way, but, you know, it, it is what it is, in my opinion. And I said on my I said on count the bucket a little bit last night. I said that without Black American athletes, <laughs> nobody would watch it. And my my co-host and my other co-host was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was just like, it's it is what it is. So I voiced my opinion about it. But I didn't know how you guys felt about it. But that's a that could actually be a whole show. So I just want to know, you know, you know, did y'all know about that?
3: Um, I mean, in short, I don't think anyone should be playing in the Olympics, but um, definitely uh, i can see like black folks at minimum why they wouldn't want to do that especially with some of the stuff that has recently happened but the mm-hmm. olympics have been well i guess I'll, I'll just leave it at that but we can definitely have that conversation another day because i've always had my
1: thoughts about you know people of color playing for a flag that doesn't necessarily represent them but hey you know hey that's there you there. that's why i didn't want to stir in no pot so i just i well, just kind of left it alone
0: the pot needs stirring i mean really <laughs> the, the, the look <laughs> I, I mean, feel you like uh, you're from Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the stirring, you know. That? <laughs> Is that? I don't know. I was just like, like you know, to your point of like, like, no, don't don't hold back on, on how you feel about this because you're you're, like, you're, you're affected by this. You're, you're being, you know, (laughs) your feelings are like your feelings that you're having because of all this. And it reminds me of what I was reading about the 1936 Olympics, which was the one where the first basketball game happened. And that was the one that was in Berlin. And there was, you know there were a lot of people who were in in the US who were saying that they should not be participating including a lot of people talking about whether or not black athletes were going to be welcome there and like that was 1936 and here we are in 2021 that's what i mean the pot needs stirring like we need to do something and i don't i don't know if that, i don't i'm probably like using that metaphor completely wrong but like i don't know just my whole weekend I felt in general, I was just like, every system is broken. <laughs> yeah. Even our it's... entertainment systems, even those, even the systems that we turn to for entertainment are broken, much less the systems that support us and are supposed to keep us alive and safe and sheltered. And it's all broken. We were going to end on a high note. What have we done? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You know what? No,
1: <laughs> know, because it's important though. Olympics, and I was like, you know what? Did y'all hear about what happened? With-? I mean, it's been kind of hush hush. But I wonder if those same athletes that were so for social injustice will participate because of a the Asian hate bill crime bill being passed before the lynching crime is being passed, and we still trying to get the Emmett Till bill to be passed. That's neither here no there, and b <laughs> how some. Um, well, majority of Black people feel that Asians feel about them. So we already know that, you know, people, a lot of people just do not like us, but that's neither here nor there. But I just wonder how they feel about playing for a country, A, that just got out of a term that was just, oh, we don't even want to talk about the term that we just got out of with a particular president. And B, everything that's going on in America right here like and how it's affecting them so what's affecting them they can't voice it on their platform with the olympics but you want me to go play for a country so i didn't i never understood that that's just me personally now i know i go deep ladies i know i do i'm sorry but
3: <laughs> yeah. no, I, just, I think we, we definitely have time before the olympics to ha- have this conversation because i think it's important um, okay. something to leave in the last five minutes of the show <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry okay I'm done ladies we can talk about this a different time I just want to know if you guys heard about it but you know yeah I have my tangents at times but I just feel like it needs to be said
0: we're that's what we're here for this is a safe space <laughs> why thank you <laughs> well all right ladies I'm gonna wrap us up here Thank you for this oh great boy. conversation. It was a great oh, conversation. I'm I, we we covered a lot of we put, covered a wide variety of topics, and uh, we'll be back to talk about more later. But before we go, let's go ahead and uh, tell people where they can find your work. I um, am mostly on Twitter at tcbbigs. I'm also on the We Have a Take podcast at We Have a Take. Janelle, do you want to tell folks where they can find your work?
2: But you can find me on Twitter at Janelle 12, J-A-N-N-E-L-L-E 12. And um, you can find me at Carolina Blitz. You can find me at basketballnews.com and Complex.
0: And that's, that's about it for right now. Amber, how about you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at simply me underscore AV. And I've heard about this thing called Linktree where you can, put out all your, you can put all your work in like one little link in your bio because I'm running out of Twitter characters for everything that I do. But if you want to know, everything that I do is in my Twitter bio. And actually, I don't even have everything that I do because I'm missing two more shows that I do. But. I also run the social for this show at Step Back Sisters on Twitter. I'll be updating it and putting some new stuff on there. I think I'm going to start doing polls and things like that. Um, I have some more time. My work schedule has calmed down, even though I'm getting to pick up another show. But please follow me on Twitter at simplyme underscore AV. And that's all the social media that I have.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Amber. And Britt, why don't you tell us where uh, we can find you and take us out of here? Yeah, so I am on
3: Twitter and on um, Instagram, although I am taking a sort of hiatus because the rockets have not been that great at Brit Robotista. That's B-R-I-T-R-O-B-O-T-I-S-T-A. And you can also find me occasionally on the Launchpad podcast, which is a part of Apollo Media. Um, You can go to at Hou for more of that and i'm on there occasionally although not as much recently because of the rockets but moving
0: on next year we'll start it all over again next year (laughs) all right ladies great to talk to you thanks so much for the great conversation today and uh i usually end my podcast with go blazers but i feel like that's probably not what i should do so just go sports